Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them on at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. We do work or shoot in less than 20 minutes. Also, I have to correct something. I swear I thought, almost sound like the general manager at WKRP, I swear, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. I thought John Rahm, I thought that was a German flag next to him, and I got it mixed up with another. John Rahm is from Spain. He's a Spaniard. I beg your pardon. For everybody in Spain who's listening to this show right now, I beg your pardon. I'm a fan of one of your your greatest golfers ever, Miguel Angel Jimenez, so I apologize greatly to you. The mechanic, I'm a big fan of his. Spain, I'm sorry. I love you. I hope to visit you someday. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I mean that. Uh, again, worker shoot coming up in less than 20 minutes. One of the biggest things that we started off with today, and we had John U. Bacon on about it earlier today, and he, he talked about it, and I think that he, he makes a lot of sense because I think that Michigan football is in a rock and a hard place here. When they lost to Indiana, my first thought is you can't be afraid of moving on because of the mistakes you've made in the past. I don't remember what it's called. I learned about it in philosophy class at the University of Akron. There is a principle for this, and I really wish I remember what it was. But basically, it's the fear of repeating can't let you have the fear of making a change. If you know something isn't working, you don't continue to do it to try to pay it off. You cut your losses and you move on. However, when I look at the losses of Jim Harbaugh, the the losses of Jim Harbaugh have not been that exquisite except for this year. When you lose to a Michigan State team that's in a clear rebuild, you have no business losing to that Michigan State team. But historically, because Michigan State has been able to get you here and there, especially certainly over the last near 20 years, I can buy it. I think normal fans could buy it. If I were to look back at that loss in 20 years, Michigan State should probably still be an 8, 9, sometimes 10 win program. I could buy it. I really can. Indiana, I can't buy. I mean no disrespect to Tom Allen. I mean no disrespect to his program. Michigan has no business ever losing to Indiana. Never. Michigan and Ohio State have zero business losing to Indiana. When you lose to Indiana, you are under review. It's that simple. When you're those two schools, and I'll throw James Franklin in there. You go and you lose to Indiana, I want to give Indiana credit. But when you lose to Indiana like that, you you are going to be on the hot seat. When you when you are at a school like that, even Wisconsin, I can kind of sort of give you a pass. Wisconsin before Barry Alvarez, kind of a rough program. I can I can give you a pass. 
You know, I use Ohio State as, as that example, too. They lost Indiana. The last time they lost Indiana, what was it, October of 1988, and that was John Cooper's first year. They had already made their move for Merle Bruce. That's the only – if it's your first year and you know you're in a clear rebuild, then we can talk about whether or not you're allowed to lose to Indiana. Arnett, you ain't allowed to do it. And so now Jim Harbaugh's got what's coming to him. But Michigan, if they really want to make this decision, and that interview with John U. Bacon is up there – a 92, or excuse me, at CBSSportsRadio.com. I have so many websites I have to keep control of, folks. I'm sorry. At CBSSportsRadio.com, John U. Bacon was as honest as it gets, and I love having him on, and he's a, he's a good historian of the Big Ten, and he's certainly a great historian uh, of Michigan football. Because I wanted to speak with somebody who, who knows both sides. He knows the fans, he knows the administration, the, pe- the powers that be, the people with the University of Michigan. And there's been plenty of talk out there that has been almost crazy, that has gotten people worked up as Michigan fans because, well, you know, they uh, Warren Manuel says he only wants to hire a Michigan man. Well, guys become Michigan men. John U. Bacon said it himself. The three guys who are the top Michigan men, Fielding Yotes, Fritz Chrysler, as well as Bo Schimbeckler, were all guys who were adopted Michigan men. They weren't born in Lansing, and they just decided to be Michigan men. It wasn't like that. So you can bring in a guy who you can say has the principles, whatever they may be, of being a Michigan man. But Michigan has to decide who they want to be before they make any decision on Jim Harbaugh. They have to make a decision on themselves before they make a decision about their head coach. Because right now I think Michigan, I think they're trying to please two things, and I don't think they can do it. I think they're trying to please themselves as an academic school which is a good thing. That's a good thing. They're trying to please themselves as an academic school that everything's on the up and up when it comes to athletics. I think that they hate, underlying hate, and they just recently, and this is obvious because of Jawan Howard, they just recently came to terms with this, hate the fallout from the Fab Five. Can't stand that. That's what made the Fab Five even more historical is that they did it at a blue blood school like Michigan. I know basketball isn't their first and foremost priority, but the 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 culture at Michigan, the academic culture at Michigan, for guys to go in there and be themselves, I think that's what made it even that much more special. But because of the ramifications of that, they have been very nervous about it. If you watch Michigan football over the last 20 years, there have been some good years there with Lloyd Carr. There was one great year with Brady Hoke. The rest has been either okay or a disaster. But they haven't had NCAA violations. Ohio State has. Clemson has. Florida State has. Alabama has. Yeah, right before Saban, nobody wants to talk about that. That, that got pretty ugly. The, the, the top schools that we talk about, they've had some serious NCAA violations and even legal violations. Michigan hasn't. But I think what Michigan is doing or what Michigan has been caught in is in what college football used to be and not what college football is now. And if you want to be one of those top programs, the way you claim you want to be, you're going to have to make a serious decision about who you are. And I mean this. You need to make a serious decision, and it's if you want to be a top football program. I'm going to tell you right now, Michigan, it's okay for you to do this. It is okay that you need to look at your standard and say, are we okay with being a nine-win school that has no scandals, that doesn't run the risk of scandals, that graduates a lot of players 
is a non-consistent title contender. Non-consistent means every now and then you can. Are you okay to build to a year where you have freshmen here and you know that this year you're going to be probably 8-4? and four? Then the next year you could be 9-3. and three. Then the next year maybe you could be 11-1 and one and fight against Ohio State and maybe you could be a national championship contender there. To build for a year. Michigan, I have to ask you point blank, are you willing to be Notre Dame? Everybody's going to say you're overrated whenever you're good. Every now and then you're going to be a legitimate threat like Notre Dame is this year. Are you willing to be Notre Dame? If you think you're better than Notre Dame, then you got to go the other way. If you want to be a powerhouse and you think you're better than Notre Dame, then that means your standard is no less than 10 wins. And even 10 wins is a little much. Ohio State, if they don't win the Big Ten every year, that's a total loss. That's a total failure to Ohio State football now. I can't believe I'm saying that in there. Where If I was eight years old, I wouldn't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth now as a 34-year-old. But you know anything less than the greatness is unacceptable for Ohio State. You will have possible scandals. You will have three-year players, meaning you will recruit from Florida, from Texas, from California. You will have guys who did not grow up as Michigan fans that you will have to reprogram and turn them into fighters for your football team, but you know you're only going to be able to have them for the next three years. You're not going to have very many, very many seniors on senior day because those guys are going to the NFL. And so now you have to make them believe that you're not just a stop between IMG Academy and the NFL, that you're something that you can fight for. And there's been coaches who've been able to do it. Saban, Sweeney, Meyer, maybe Day, Herman we thought, not so far. There are coaches who are able to do it. We thought Harbaugh could do it. So far he hasn't been able to. You'd be a title contender. You'd be competitive against Ohio State. You'd be competitive against those upper echelon teams that we say, and you have the financial backing to do so. Because right now, you're paying for academic program. You're paying for lower standards in football, but higher standards where you can sleep better at night. And if you feel that's fine, that's okay. But if you want better football, if you want to compete against Ohio State and Alabama and so on and so forth, well... Maybe Jim's not your guy. Jim Harbaugh's a Michigan man, and looking at his year-by-year records, this is a guy who probably would have suited you really great in 1981, where it was a voted-upon national championship, where you went to the Rose Bowl, and maybe even earlier for that, where you couldn't go to Rose Bowls in consecutive years in the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh's a great college coach in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, and even 90s. I don't know if he's a great college coach now. These are 15-year-old kids who start to become recruited by the biggest schools in the country at that age. They know where the bodies are buried. They know what they're entitled to. They've been taught that they're entitled to. And you could say they don't. Well, that's the worst part about it. They think they do because they're 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. you got to play by that level. And so the guys who are four- and five-star ESPN top 100 players, if you want them, you're going to have to look back towards, all right, are we willing to risk scandal? Are we willing to have three-year guys who are here to be here and then go right to the NFL? Or do we want more Chase Winoviches? Which one do we want? And you've had a couple of those guys. You've had a couple. You've had, you've had a few of those guys. 
like Ohio State, like Alabama. Yeah. But you've had those guys. But you're going to need more. And you're going to need a guy with a plan. And if you want that that type of player, if you want that type of team, if you want to go back and make that rivalry real again, you're going to need a guy who's a grinder and who can give you more than just say, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to win football games. Because Jim Harbaugh tells you what he's going to do, but he doesn't tell you what he's going to do. Basically, Jim Harbaugh has become the underpants gnome of college football. One, we're going to win games. Two, we don't know. Three, we win a championship. There's no plan with Jim Harbaugh. Everything's a facade. Everything's celebrity. Everything's waiting for a quarterback. Everything's turned into an excuse. Where is the real tangible evidence that this program is going to be where this program really should be? If you just want to be a good academic school, if nine wins is good enough, and that's that's admirable stuff, folks. Notre Dame can sleep easy at night. For the most part, there certainly has been scandal there. But Notre Dame fans can sleep easy at night. Every now and then, they have a really competitive team. They got a lot of people who watch them. They got a great big alumni base. They have a big fan base. You have all those things as well. But they're not taking that seriously. And anytime we think they do, people want to call them frauds and say they're overrated. You can have that. You're having it right now. But if you want to be better... Maybe it's time for Jim to move on to the NFL. Or maybe it's time for you to part ways. Michigan needs to figure out what type of program they want to be before they figure out anything with Jim Harbaugh. Ward Manuel, the, presidents of Mich- the president of Michigan, the board, the alumni, talking to you, Stephen Ross, you need to figure out what type of school you're going to be, what type of football school you're going to be. Because you are very much at a crossroads. You've done the Michigan Man Act before. Hasn't worked out. You've done the high-flying, big-time recruiting, different offensive guy. Didn't work out. Maybe you shouldn't have made that mistake in moving on from Lloyd Carr so quickly. That decision was already made years ago. Can't go back into the past. But I can't be afraid of what's happened in the past to try to move on to the future, to try to be who you know you can be and who you once were. But that was back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. College football has changed. Are you going to go with it? This is the Ken Carmen Show. Usually it's Hickey. Hickey has moved on. I'll say uh, I'll say my parting words for Hickey. You won't even be able to hear him coming up next, I promise. But we welcome in Frank Marchese. Is that how you pronounce that last name? Yes, it is. I said I was like the Tom Hagen of CBS Sports Radio this afternoon. I had Pierno, Marchese, and Belletti working with me. Now I have Seth Cantor, and I have no idea what his background is. I'm sorry. Marchese, what is that, French? Uh, that would be Italian. <laughs> oh, really? I had no idea. You got Spanish and German mixed up, so that's all right. <laughs> all right, are we ready to do this, sir? Are we ready to do Worker Shoot? Now let me explain Worker Shoot. Worker Shoot is just like true or false, except that it's false or true because work is false and shoot is true because when you're worked into a shoot, that means you've been worked into something that's actually true, and if you've been shot into a work, well, that means that you had something that's true that has actually turned out to be false. So work or shoot is actually false or true, but really it's true or false, but I'd rather call it work or shoot because it's more fun that way. Here we go. You ready? Ready. Away you go, Frank. Bill Belichick has been under the microscope a ton this season as the Patriots season hasn't gone to plan. Sitting at 3-5, and five, New England's roster has struggled to perform up to previous standards. 
On Friday morning, Belichick was asked about the struggles from the past few draft classes and why they haven't hit on many of their late draft picks. Uh, Belichick answered the question in the classic Belichick way, referring to the past 20 years of success before stating he's only focused on the Ravens. Work or shoot, the Patriots will not win another Super Bowl under Bill Belichick. I think that's a shoot, but I don't think that that's that bad. I mean, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl, man. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. And let me defend Let me defend Bill Belichick here for a second. You know, I, I've been looking at them drafts, and this is where some of you guys, man, you guys just look at wins and losses. You don't think about anything else. And you got Tom Brady who can help you out. You have a Patriot way. Well, the Patriot way was Tom Brady before because you, now all of a sudden we're just noticing – we're just noticing these, well, gosh, uh, oh, man, these drafts are so bad. You're just noticing how bad the drafts have been. But before, what was it said? Bill Belichick marks down 60 players, and that's it. There's 60 players who could be the Patriot way. Everybody else, they're nothing to them. And we just thought that was the way. Trust me, if you're a fan of a, of a team that's fa- that's been failing over the last 10 years and you get worked up about the draft, I guarantee you, if you're listening to Sports Talk Radio, you know somebody is called in, and there's I, there's definitely guys driving around nodding their heads right now because some guy has called in and has said that, well, yeah, they, they only take 60 guys. There's only 60 guys who are able to be the Patriots. Why can't we be the Patriots? Well, no, really look into the draft class. Really look into the players and see what you've actually got out of the players. Bill Belichick's made as many mistakes as anybody else. He's a good coach. Doesn't mean he's not a good coach. Doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about. But he's also made mistakes. Well, he's got Tom Brady, so anytime he's ever made a real mistake, he's been able to cover it up. You know, I come from Cleveland. So when we took Johnny Manziel and Justin Gilbert in the same round of the same draft, yeah, you're not going to be able to cover that up because the quarterback was terrible, and when you have a flop like Justin Gilbert, it makes it even that worse, that much worse. When you don't have a QB, it just – puts a spotlight on all those bad picks. And now they don't have a QB. I wish I could say something different about Cam Newton. I hold on hope. I've been a bit of a fanboy here arguing for him lately. I'm sorry, but it's true. Doesn't look like they have a QB. And now the spotlight's on all these previous draft picks that haven't really worked out for Bill. So, yep, I think it's a shoot. He ain't winning anything. Next. All right, next up, uh, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins had an idea that would make fantasy football players very happy. Hopkins Uh-oh. suggested that receiver stats should be included in the yards they gain on uh, – receiver stats should include the yards they gain on pass interference penalties, pardon me. This stems from last week's game against the Dolphins in which Hopkins what? had just three catches for 30 yards but drew two, uh, drew four other penalties against Xavier Howard which resulted in a gain of 42 yards. Work or shoot, receiving stats should include penalty yardage. All right, I think it's an admirable idea, but I think that's a work. I said I think it's a work. Now let me explain why. There's times where pass interference is not pass interference. I cannot just grant you yards based on pass interference. Now, I know that that can go towards total yards. I get that. But I think if you're playing fantasy football or you're playing against somebody with fantasy football and that team is playing against that wide receiver is playing against not very good defensive backs that you know are going to be yanking on them and you're definitely going to call pass interference on them, I don't think you really want that. 
These are mythical yards for wide receivers. Now, I think that if you really wanted to, you could always keep a separate statistic. If we're talking stats in general, you could always keep a separate separate statistic. I always thought that that was fine. That's why, and sometimes I've been cross with pro football focus, but I do like some of the breakdowns that they have with quarterbacks. Record this, because sometimes I don't always say great things about pro football focus, even though I like Sam Monson and we've had him on. I like that there is a, a, a clear-cut line with what they do with, all right, if a quarterback throws a Hail Mary at the end of the first half and he gets picked off, that doesn't count as an interception. There's certain things there that they do that I like. I like what Pro Football Focus does with that. I wish they were done I, – I wish that those things were done there in regular football. So if you wanted to use – say DeAndre Hopkins had 10 pass interference ca- called on guys covering him. Good for – Hell, I don't know. 175 yards, whatever. Yeah, that yeah that amount of number, that amount of yards. Okay, then make that a stat because then that shows you just how much of a target he is, and maybe that helps you figure out just how much teams are gunning for that guy, or 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 they're focused on that guy. If he's able to draw that many pi pass interference penalties, then maybe that helps him a little bit more in and how we feel of that guy. I just think that. We don't need a whole lot of pass interference conversation because I already knew before this DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. I didn't need pass interference draws to tell me that he was one of the most talked about guys in the league is one of the best wide receivers in the league. So I get maybe where he's coming from. I'm not a big fantasy football guy myself, so maybe there's fantasy football gurus who completely disagree. Fine. But those seem to be mythical yards. I need tangible yards. It needs to be put down on paper. He got one catch, eight yards. That's there. Instead of, well, you see, if it weren't for this or that, he might have gotten 23 yards. Yeah, no. Can't do that. Next. Sorry if my wording on that last one muddied it up for you a little bit. No, it's fu- it's perfectly fine. You know, Even to take it a step further, again, there's no style points in, in pro football. Like, you win how you win. You win 9-8, to eight, you win 9-8. to eight. As ugly as it might be. That's the final score. Like, I don't give you, well, you should have scored in this drive and you should have scored on that drive. So, really, by the judge of what you should have scored, really the other team won even though they only scored eight points. No, you, you get what you get. You can only go with what you can prove and what you can prove and what solidly happened. So, if DeAndre Hopkins, how many catches did he have for how many yards? What did uh, you say again? Three catches for 30 yards but drew four penalties. Well, then he gets three catches for 30 yards, and if he drew four penalties, well, I'm sorry, DeAndre. It just sucks to be you. Next. Calvin Johnson shocked the NFL world when he announced his retirement back in 2015 at just the age of 30. Johnson, when talking on the All the Smoke podcast, mentioned that Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers would lobby for Johnson to uh, to join the Packers. The 2010 NFL All-Decade team members mentioned that part of the reason for his early retirement was playing for a team in the in the Lions that couldn't win despite having some really good players on the team. Work or shoot, the Packers would have won a Super Bowl if Megatron had joined Green Bay after the 2015 season. Ooh, I got to say, gosh, I got to say that's a shoot. They had some really good players on that team. I've I've defended Matt Stafford in the past. Because they have not had a good team around them. Like, you still have to have guys play defense. And you're going to go, what about Indomitians? Okay, what about your secondary? What about your linebackers? Who have been your linebackers? Help me out here. 
Have the Lions had a linebacker since Chris Spillman? Who are your linebackers? I, I know I'm probably drawing a blank. Someone find Matt Derry for me. Somebody somebody gets somebody from 97 won the ticket. Who's been your linebacker since Chris Spillman? I can't think of it. Who's been those guys? Your defensive tackles. And Dominican Sue was good. You had other guys who were kind of up and down throughout their careers. You had a couple. I mean, Sean Rogers had a decent career with you from what I, what I remember. And then your offensive line, I think for Matt Stafford, if I'm going in his timeline, your offensive line has been scattershot at best because you've had talented offensive linemen before, but they've gotten hurt. Your wide receiver crew, well, you had him, and then you had a bunch of guys you couldn't count on. Your running game is nothing. You had Joyk Bell and then a couple other guys here and there, but that was about it. You had a couple of decent years with a running game, but I defend Matt Stafford a little bit on that whole thing. You need a, You still need a complete team. You still need that. So I would still say if if he were to end up with the Packers after 2015, they played enough defense. I got to think about some of the players that they've lost over that time. They would have had Clay Matthews in right in his prime, then coming out of his prime. Secondary was pretty decent. So Jermon Williams. Offensive line was bad. Yeah, I think you would have won a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers and Calvin Johnson, yeah, I don't want to overthink it. Yeah, I think that's a shoot, straight shooting. They would have won a Super Bowl with with Calvin Johnson on that team with that Green Bay Packers team. Next. All right, next up, Rockets guard Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. The Athletic reported that the nine-time All-Star has grown concerned about the direction of the franchise after general manager Daryl Morey and head coach Mike D'Antoni departed the team this offseason. One team rumored to have interest in Russell Westbrook, good Lord, are the New York Knicks. Workers shoot. The Knicks should trade for Russell Westbrook. Yes, that's a shoot. What else you got going for you? You're the Knicks. What's the problem with that? I'm like, t- I know, he's, o- he's only interested in triple doubles, and he has totally watered down triple doubles. I, I've i been a huge Russell Westbrook fan and a defender. I I've stands all I can stands, and I can't stands any longer. See, I'll, I'll throw that on the radio even though I hate it too. And I know it's supposed to mean something else. But, no, I'll throw the stand in there, and I stand for him as long, and I can't stands any longer. No, he's not what he's supposed to be, what he's purported to be. That's all true. You ain't got nothing else to work up, get worked up for. What the hell? What, what? Honestly, what conceivable reason as a Knicks fan do you ever have for getting out of bed in the morning? What, you like to read the Daily News? <laughs> Is that it? I mean, what else do you have? I can't say anything about your ownership because I'll get sued. And I, <laughs> if I'm afraid, you know things are bad when I'm afraid to say anything about your owner because I'm gonna, I fear litigation from him. That's how bad things are with the Knicks. I mean, hell, I've seen bad organizations in the past, and I've said bad things to the organization, but where the owner is, quite literally, <laughs> underline that word quite literally willing to sue you because he's become that sensitive over what media says about him, knows that things ain't going well. You have no other reason. Why not be? It can't get any worse. Could could the Knicks somehow be any worse with Russell Westbrook? Like, Frank, you're rolling your eyes as hard as you can. How can the Knicks be any worse with Russell Westbrook? I'm the kind of guy that doesn't like giving up good young players for aging talent. That's just me. We what? have what RJ, good young players? RJ good young Barrett. Players? He just got Whoa. drafted in the first round. Whoa, you're going to give up on him after a year oh to get my. one superstar that doesn't? Yeah, more than likely. More than likely. 
there's no one else on that team. What's, That's a move that I would make if we were close. We're not oh close to anything. God. We're close you to the bottom. Had, you guys haven't had any good young talent on that team. Chris Tepsporzingis got hurt and then wanted to leave. You haven't had any good young talent on that team other than him since Amon Shumpert. Give R.J. Barrett a chance. We're, oh, we're, God. Give, give R.J. What do you, who are you, the guy who yells about Britney Spears? Get R.J. No, Barrett that's a not chance? Me. Give R.J. Barrett a chance? Like, R.J. Like, – I got nothing against R.J. Barrett, okay? Nothing against the guy. I always say, okay, that's my eraser phrase for you. I got nothing against the guy. You're not going anywhere with R.J. Barrett. You're not going anywhere without R.J. Barrett. You might as well be entertained, Frank. And to your point. <laughs> Russell so- Westbrook would be entertaining. If you're going to watch a dumpster fire, you might as well be able to keep warm and enjoy it. I was just going to say, he's been a nutcase his entire career. He's been nothing no, but a pain. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He was a pain in the neck at Oklahoma City. He's being a pain in the neck right now in Houston. Yeah, Why well, are we going to add show. that to this First team? First off, you can say pain in the ass. You can say pain in the ass. This is my show. He wasn't a total pain in the ass at Oklahoma City. He was part of some really good teams there. And Houston Houston did their own thing to ruin their own thing. So I don't need to hear how much of a pain in the ass he was in Houston, but I'm sure he was a slight pain in Houston. But he played on a team that still had zero leaders. He's supposed to be a number two. He wasn't a part of a team that had any real leadership on that group. So he wants to get out of there. And he's not going to be a leader with the New York Knicks. But again, the Knicks are in a stratosphere of terrible and a stratosphere of suck that I can't even comprehend as a basketball fan. So, again, I tell you, if you're going to sit there and watch a dumpster fire, you might as well at least be able to get close enough where you keep warm and you might be entertained by something there. Russell Westbrook checks both of those boxes. Who do you have that's going to lead that Knicks team that's not Russell Westbrook? Who cares? I don't care. Do you care? I don't really care. Who else? Who who do you need to help them out to lead them? John Starks is not walking through that door. At this he ain't point, getting that. At this point, we've had enough people to lead us right to the number one pick in the lottery, so that's that's about it. Josh says that Larry Foote played one year in Detroit, led the team in tackles and tackles for a loss, and immediately went back to Pittsburgh Lions for 2-14 and 14 that one year. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frank. No. I, yeah, go ahead and trade for Russell Westbrook. It's not going to make a damn bit of difference, but at least I'll have fun watching him. Go ahead. Next. Oh, God. The Tennessee Titans are working on a historic streak. The Titans have posted a 9-7 and seven record the past four seasons, sitting at 6-3 <laughs> and three this year. They're going to go 9-7 and seven this year. Is that what you're saying? Well, the Titans have a chance to go 9-7 and seven for a fifth consecutive season. Oh, Dan Patrick boy. Show producer Andrew Perlo- uh, Perloff, I believe, uh, discovered that no team in NFL history has ever posted the same record for five consecutive seasons. In baseball, the Oakland Athletics slugger Chris Davis posted a 247 batting average for four consecutive seasons. Wow. Work or shoot, the Titans' nine and seven streak is more impressive no. than Chris Davis's hitting no. streak. There's not a chance. There's only 16 games a season. How many at bats did Chris Davis get a year? Look up Chris Davis's stats. Like, I know he's been injured here and there, but my God, to post 247 for four consecutive years, that's impossible. That's impossible. That's a great question and a great swerve, and Tennessee should be better. They should be able to win. They've played nine games. They still should be able to win three, more than three out of their next, what, seven games. They should be able to win more than that. So I'm going to say that that's a work, that they should finish at least 10 and six. All right, so I'm Let's looking, well, right, I'm yeah, looking well, at the years. 
I'm looking Ravens, at the years Colts. where he had those, the 247. Lions, Texans, and Jags. Yeah, they should still finish 10 and 6. Okay, what do you got there for Chris Davis? Real quick, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, the four years where he hit 247, he had 392 at-bats, 555, 566, and 576. <laughs> I mean, come on. How impo- that's 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 the part that makes baseball kind of fun. You have that many at bats. How many at bats is that total? That's like two thousand at bats. Frank, there's not a chance on earth that's more impressive than two forty seven. No, Davis. Not is, a chance. Davis is much more impressive. Yes. Well, you could say it is sad if you really want to. But two forty seven, that's that's impressive. That is much more impressive. That is a that is a work. That is false. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Speak now or forever hold your peace. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. You can save 15% or more when you switch to GEICO. They're fantastic people. So get over there to GEICO.com. Be able to save 15% or more on RV, car, motorcycle. I think they even got some home insurance, some renter's insurance there. They got all types of insurance for you over there. And by now you can tell that the reads were not up in time because I had to shut down my computer and restart it. And here we are because this weekend a jam-packed schedule of sports is on CBS, including the Masters and the SEC on CBS with number two Alabama. It's supposed to be taken on number whatever it was supposed to be, LSU except that game got canceled. So this is an old read. But coming up on Sunday morning at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, it's more live coverage from Augusta, followed by the NFL on CBS all this weekend, only on CBS. (laughs) He'll read anything they put in front of him, and it says, number two, Alabama, take it on LSU. No, they're not. No, they're not. Maybe on your son's video games. Maybe if you want to play it on NCAA football, if you still have it, maybe Alabama can take on LSU, but it ain't happening today. But still, I encourage you to watch CBS. The Masters is going on. It's a fantastic tournament. Perhaps you've heard of it. 855-212-4CBS. You better tell, tell Filippone about that, Reed. Hopefully he doesn't run into the same problem I did. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I heard something... Over the week, Brett Favre said that they should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Don't mix up a hot hand for a franchise quarterback. Wentz is not out of the woods. And I still say that you took Jalen Hurts in the second round for a reason. Now, Frank Reich's offense is – or not Frank Reich, excuse me, Doug Peterson's offense is a little bit different. Doug Peterson had to address those comments. Got, seemed like he got a little bit surly and still said at the end of it that he and Brett Favre are friends. Uh, Doug Peterson's offense, to some folks, have been up and down, and he does a couple of different things. I still say when you take a guy that high, there is there is a message no matter what. There is something to be said no matter what. But I think Doug Peterson is a former backup quarterback knows, and Brett Favre is a former quarterback should know, Let's not mix up a hot hand with a franchise quarterback. Nick Foles was one on, on maybe the greatest heater in NFL history. And you get a hot hand. Has happened to Joe Flacco. Even though I think Joe Flacco was a multiple time Pro Bowler. Happened to Case Keenum. Happened to plenty of other guys. There are guys. <coughs> excuse me, I had some spit in my throat. There are guys who they they catch a heater. 
and they end up being very good quarterbacks for a short amount of time. And they go back to being who they are. I think Nick Foles I think Nick Foles is who he is. I think Nick Foles is a capable backup. I think when you give him any sort of a long period of time, he's probably going to fail over that time. That's okay. There are guys who can fake it and, and still do very well for themselves. We cried a river over Ryan or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is that guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick was given a boatload of money by the Buffalo Bills and could not hold up his end of the bargain. They thought that he was going to be good for a couple of other teams. He was not able to hold up his end of the bargain. He wears out his welcome. There are guys who come on strong, and eventually they get figured out. Doesn't mean we don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick any more than we already do. Ryan Fitzpatrick's a fun person and a fun quarterback to watch, and when he goes out and when you haven't seen him for a while, he goes out and he has a really good game and puts together a couple of really good games. He lives a charmed life because of it. You can make a damn nice living. And for Nick Foles, Nick Foles doesn't have to work another day in his life, and he doesn't have to when this is all over. He won't have to have another drink bought for him. In the, or he won't have to pay for another drink in the city of Philadelphia for the rest of his life. Probably not another dinner. Hell, I, I'm sure they'd probably pay the rent for the guy. That's a pretty nice life. And there are certainly other quarterbacks that have had much worse histories than him. He can live on that forever. But what Brett Favre said was wrong. It was inaccurate. And he shouldn't have said it even though it was his opinion. Because, yeah, they they might have to move on from Carson Wentz at some point there. I still think that Carson Wentz is the better chance at a franchise quarterback. You probably know in your heart that Carson Wentz is the better chance at a franchise quarterback. And if you didn't have Carson Wentz right now, even though things aren't very good for the Philadelphia Eagles right now, I would still say they're much better off than where they would have been if it were just Nick Foles. 855-2124-CBS. We have to say goodbye, even though he's not here, and I wish he was here to say it, because I usually do say this. This is a nice creative outlet for me on the weekends here with CBS Sports Radio. It's a blessing to do this show on Saturdays, get to talk about because I'm from Cleveland, and I'm very proud to be from Cleveland, and I'm very, very proud and honored to talk about Cleveland sports, and that is the absolute truth. But there is a nice creative Jones to get out there where I can talk about other subjects and talk about other teams on this platform once a week. And it's a nice thing for me, and it's a fun thing for me. Sometimes I forget, and I try to remember this often, but sometimes I forget that the guys on the other end of this phone that I'm on, this glorified phone that I'm on, are looking to move up. Hardworking young men. Guys like Steve Moralia. Guys like Stu Kovacs. Guys like Joe D'Aloisio. And a guy like Ryan Hickey. And Ryan Hickey moves on today, and I wish we would have had a goodbye show so he could hear this. I hope that someday he does hear this. It's always a bittersweet thing because I get to see a guy like Ryan Hickey move on and move upwards. And I'm well known, and Frank will know this, and Connor Green will know this when they step into the role that I talk quite often during the week to any one of these guys. And I talk very, very much about what I want to do on a Saturday and amongst a bunch of different subjects. And even though that those conversations, because we grow apart over time, and which we probably should over time, because we still live 450 miles away from each other, doesn't mean I won't be rooting for them at any chance they get. I did the same for Joe, that I do for Steve, that I do for Stu, and that I will for Ryan. And for the next producer and the next producer after that. I'm very proud to work with Ryan Hickey. I'm glad Ryan Hickey is getting this opportunity to move up within the company. I'm very glad Ryan Hickey has done so many great things for me. I think he's a very talented young man, and I'm going to miss him dearly. 
And yes, over time, the calls will begin to become more and more infrequent. The texts will begin to become more and more infrequent. The check-ins will be more and more infrequent. That's just life. But wherever I go, and no matter what I do, I will know Ryan Hickey is an honorable person, a great person to be around, a talented young man, and I wish him nothing but the very best in everything he does in his future, both professionally and privately. If we've talked a lot about a lot of different things this week, we've known the show must go on. And even without Hickey, and it's a big loss, the show will go on. And I'm very thankful to be with you. And I'm thankful for Pierno, Marchese, Belletti, Cantor. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend, my friend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.